Turn your Bibles, if you will, to 2 Timothy chapter number 3. And we're going to look at verses 14 through 17 as we consider the inspiration of God. There's a, a wonderful phrase in this passage of Scripture that I want to open up your mind to. And there's some notes in your bulletin. And also there will be also um, a worksheet for the Connect groups. And you can download that off the website or um, sign up. Better yet, sign up for a Connect group and um, get involved. And you can unpack today's principle and today's message a little bit more. And thank you for coming to the service today. I hope it's a blessing for you. Um, as you see in your notes there, today's principle is God reveals himself through scripture. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at Bible words, terms that, that are in the Bible. And, um, and although they have meaning in general um, conversation, they have special meaning in the Bible. As you understand, the Bible was um, written in, in languages that were not English, and so therefore it was translated. And so today is going to be one special word. We're looking at the word inspiration. Last week we were, looked at adoption. We found a, the, wonderful, um, the wonderful placement that, that God did for, for sinners when he saved them through Jesus Christ, placed them into God's family, and we have a standing. It's a wonderful thing. And then before that, we looked at um, justification. We'll be looking at other different Bible terms over the next few weeks that you as a believer in Jesus Christ, you really need to know these. You really need to have these in your heart and your mind um, to, to, um, to build your faith. So if you, if you found the passage there, it's in verse number 14 through 17. The Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, I'll give you the context in a moment. But he says, but as for you... Continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Today's principle is that God reveals himself through Scripture. And the Bible is supernatural. And not only is it supernatural in, in its source, but also in its purpose and its application. Many people think that the Bible is a special book. The Bible isn't special. It's unique. The Bible is, is the one and only book that gives us the, the assurance of where we were, what we're doing here, our purpose, what God wants for us, and also for our eternity. Before we get into that, we live in some very dangerous times, don't we? Some of you, um, um, you, know, you watch the news and you see what's happening in the world events. You understand that the Bible actually speaks to that. It speaks to that, and, and um, in the final announcements, we'll, we'll be, you'll be invited to some other Bible studies that you can get into God's Word and see the prophecies and see what's happening in our world today. The reason why I'm saying that is because before we get into, into this, uh, what the Bible is, uh, the inspired Word of God, there's something you really need to understand here is that the Christian's worldview always begins with God. The Christian's worldview will end with God. The Christian's worldview says that everything that you see in life, every moral decision that you make, everything that you see in history, everything that you see in creation, everything that you see in, 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 your, in your own conscience and the things that you're looking at, which is all general revelation, 
All of that is filtered through some very, very important things that believers in Jesus Christ have apart from the world. And that is, number one is, God does exist. There is a God. (laughs) He's a personable God. He's a God that actually does exist. He knows exactly what we're doing right now. He knows your heart. He knows everything about you. And he also understand. you need to understand something else, that the God that, that we have a personal view, um, a worldview from, is a God that is self-existent. So he doesn't just exist. Nothing, um, he doesn't uh, depend on anything else to exist. So the term I am is the self-existent one. The one that has no source. He is the source. So I don't understand that. Well, he's God and you're not. That's why you need to have that revelation. So number one is God exists. Number two is God is self-existent. And then number three is God reveals himself to you and me. And so the only way that if we're going to know anything about the God that we worship, the God that we're talking about today, the only way we're ever going to know anything about that is if the creator reveals himself to us. Thankfully, he does just that. Thankfully, he gives us everything that we need to know to live a life that prepare for eternity. You understand that the life that we have here on this planet is fleeting at best. You know, we talk about Brother Don who passed away 89 years old. And um, uh, the younger people are going, 89 years old, that's so old. Some of us are saying, that's not that old. <laughs> We're getting to the end. We're getting, but the, the thing is, is as you look at that, that's not the end. No, no, this is, this is a, as some say, this is a, a rehearsal for eternity. Anything that we're doing right now is not the end of itself. It's to prepare us for eternity. How do we know that? We know that because God revealed that to us. These are the important things that I want you to understand before we get into this, that the Christian worldview um, dictates what you believe about every moral decision about what you believe about the sanctity of life, what you believe about, um, about war and peace and nations and what people think, uh, what God thinks about people. You know, the revelation of God to us is, um, is very sure. We can be very confident in it. And so Paul here was talking to Timothy, who is a young man who was raised by his mother and his grandmother, And he had a father, and we're not quite sure too much about that, but his father was a Greek guy, but his father apparently wasn't a believer, but his mother and his grandmother were. And he raised him up, and God called this young man to be a preacher and told him to go and to spread the gospel, a gospel that would not be readily accepted. In fact, it was in a condition of, of, as he says here in chapter number 3, of perilous times. We live in perilous times today. Now, the perilous times that he's talking about are not just dangerous times. Those dangerous times for truth. And so people became, as, as the Bible tells us here in the first part of that chapter, lovers of themselves. They became the, 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 the end of everything. So as long as it was okay for them, then they would, they would do whatever they want to do, even to the point where they would live a, a debased lifestyle. And the Bible lists all these different things that it went to. And it says here that they would not approve the faith. They would fight against the faith. Now, now what's Timothy going to need 
to stand up against things like that? What's he going to, what authority is he going to have? What authority do you and I have to actually say that the God that we believe in, the God that we're worshiping, is the one and only true God? How do we know that? How do we have the confidence to go out and to, to make decisions in this, in this ever-fleeting world of change and to walk down a road that other people aren't walking today? How do we do that? Thankfully, Paul gives us this answer here, and he uses it in a term here by telling us where we got the Bible from. I got some, it's a very simple outline. Like I said, you can unpack it more. Um, we have a discipleship um, class that a couple of us men meet, uh, and a couple of weeks ago we talked about the Bible, the Word of God, and, and, um, and we gave him a couple little notes, and I still had a folder when, when we dismissed that was that thick with all these wonderful truths about God's Word. It's something that you will unpack for the rest of your life. And then when you get to heaven, the Bible says that forever his word is settled in heaven. So it's a sure word. So the source of the Bible is God. That's your first point here. Divine inspiration is what makes the Bible unique. Divine inspiration, the source of the Bible. And the, um, Paul writes there in 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. And I want you to see these terms here. He says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. There's a lot of great books out there. There's a lot of great teachings out there. There's a lot of philosophies. Philosophies are trying to find truth. The Bible says it is truth. The other way around. The, the world is saying we can, we can discover truth. The Bible says it is truth. Jesus says thy word is truth in his prayer before he went to the cross. He says, Lord, uh, Father, sanctify them. Set them apart by your truth. Your word is truth. So he says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Second um, uh, Peter chapter 1. It says this in verse number 20 and 21. It says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture, uh, the Greek word is graphi, which means the actual written word. No prophecy of the actual written word of, is, is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. This is an amazing statement that was made. Now, if you've been walking with the Lord for many years and, you know, you, you hear these saints and they just kind of float right over you, don't they? You, you think about the Bible's inspired word of God. Terrific. We say, you know, holy men of God were moved um, by the Holy Ghost. Um, what does that mean? Well, it, it's, it's indicating here that this book that we have here is not a, a, something that came from people. The source was God, and he used humans as a means to get it to us. Um, there's a definition. I think it's in your notes there. The definition of inspiration of Scripture is God's superintendence of the human authors so that using their individual personalities, they composed and recorded without error his revelation to man in the words of the original autographs. Remember the, the, the thought here. There is a God. There is a God who is self-existent. He is not the cause. He is the, he is the one who is the cause. He is not caused. 
and he's the one who reveals himself. So if that's, if that's the case, and he reveals himself, and he does it through scripture, which is the Greek word for actual words written down, this is a very special book. This is a very incredible book. This is a book that you and I need to understand. This phrase here, the inspired words, word of God or inspiration of God, is actually from a single Greek word, which literally means God breathed. It's the only place in the New Testament where that word is used. There's lots of implications of that because in the Old Testament, you know, um, the, the prophet would be writing along and he'd say, thus saith the Lord. It gets your attention. But here, the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy, when you're faced with all these false teachers and you're faced with all these philosophies, you're faced with all this selfishness and all this, this, this thing that's going around, this apostasy from the truth, he says, you, you've got the scriptures. And Timothy could rightfully ask, okay, what's so special about those scriptures? Those scriptures are from God. They weren't ideas that were planted in man, and man came up with a philosophy that said, well, God must mean this. No, these actual words came from God. You say, that's an incredible thing. You know, there's one thing I've, I've discovered that believers never have a problem with that. Believers do not have a problem in believing that the Bible is the inspired word of God. Now, you may have to study it out, and you may have to research it, but you know in your heart of hearts that it's actually true. There's a reason for that, and we'll discover that in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 in just a few moments. But there's, there's a point here where you don't need convincing. You need confidence building. And that's exactly what Timothy had here. Uh, the Bible, um, 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 the, the term inspired means God breathed or outbreathing of God. We call it inspiration. We talked about inspiration here today. And, and, and you know, well, I tell you what, the music and the, and, the, and the people who write these songs are incredible. And the, the, we say that, they, that they're inspired and all that. This is different. This isn't that type of thing. That inspiration comes from the heart of man, and that's good. The heart of man that's led by God. But this is different. This is God breathing out. So inspiration could actually be called outspiration. (laughs) So God there expresses through us his word. I talk a little bit about it in the, in the worksheet when we talk about the, uh, why it's not dictation and all this and how he uses the people and, and all. But the key points of, of this, if there is a God who is self-existent, if there is a God who's set apart from his creation so he's holy, then there's a, a few things are gonna, we're going to find about his word that we need to understand. And the first thing we understand that at the same time, the Bible's completely inspired. So at the same time, it is the word of God and it's also the words of human authors. That's why we have different. Um, you can read through the epistles and you have, that's Paul writing there. You can read and you can say, ah, I, I recognize David in the Psalms. I recognize what's going on here. Solomon writes in the book of Ecclesiastes. And you say, well, the book of Ecclesiastes says that it's talking about vanity um, from, from men from um, um, under the sun and, and men from, from the, the, um, uh, their viewpoint, from, from the human aspect. And that's exactly right. God used that so that we would understand why we need him. By the way, if you're reading through the book of Ecclesiastes, read through the whole book of Ecclesiastes and get to the end and you'll find out. It's an amazing thing what God has done here. 
And so we see here that if God's the source and human writers are the means for this, that number one, it's full and complete. We call that plenary inspiration. Nothing is to be added to it. It's exactly the way it is. It extends to all the scriptures. You ever heard the term, um, people who, who maybe don't understand quite this, they'll say the Bible contains the word of God. Oh, certainly has sections in it where it says, thus saith the Lord and so forth. But no, even the words of false teachers, and, and God puts it in there, that's exactly what God wants us to know that those false teachers said. It becomes the word of God. And so therefore, inspiration extends to every portion of scriptures. You know why that's important? Because it makes the Bible trustworthy. If it's the word of God from cover to cover, then you know you can trust it because you've got a God who, was, uh, who is self-existent. You've got a God who chose to teach that to you. You say, well, I don't quite understand what he means by that. Exactly. You, you're not God. You've been here only just for a few years. And as we begin to learn more and more about, you know, some of us have libraries. You, some, you know, Pastor Jim Moore has, has what, 3,000 volumes or something, or even more in his library. And it, mine, it pale, my pales to his, his. But you look at that. There's so many books written about this book. That fills libraries. Why? Because this book is trustworthy. Anything the Bible affirms to be true is true. But also it's verbal inspiration. We, we use that in theology. We call that verbal inspiration. It means it places the emphasis on the very words themselves. There's a view that says that God um, expresses thoughts and he, and, he, and he gave his thoughts to David or, or, or to Paul and said, now, Paul, you work it out and just say it so that they would understand. No, God didn't leave it to a man. God chose. He used their characteristics. He used their styles. He used, he used some of their, their phobias even and, and, and some of their sinful conditions so that they would uh, show you how, what repentance looks like and, and things like this. So the important thing about that is the Spirit guided the very words to be chosen and used taking into consideration the style so that when the Apostle Paul, uh, uh, the Apostle Peter talks about Paul's writings, he says, just like Paul's writings, like the other scripture, he recognizes. You say, well, so that means that it's a, it's, it was a joint effort between God and man? For sure it was. So inspiration is the cause, revelation is the reason and um, we'll get to that in just a moment but the bible then becomes infallible and inerrant peter says that when in in first peter chapter second uh, peter chapter one verse 19 peter says you know and paraphrasing obviously peter says you know we've seen jesus we've walked with him we 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 we, we saw him rise from the dead we were witnesses but he says there's something that's even more secure than that, and that is the written word of God. He says it this way. He says, we also have a prophetic word made more sure, which you do well to heed as light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. The King James says it this way. He says, we have a more sure word of prophecy. It's an amazing thing the means of divine inspiration is that holy men of god spoke as they were moved by the holy spirit the word or the term moved by the holy spirit 
is a word. The word moved means to be borne along or carried along. So how did God do this? Well, well, what he did is he took 40 different authors, at least 40 different human writers over a, a period of about 1600 years. <laughs> People who didn't even, for the most part, know each other. And there were times like in the book of Daniel when, when, when God told Daniel, write this down. Daniel says, I don't understand. He says, it's not for you to understand. Just write it down and seal the book. It will come out later. And you read that in the New Testament. He says, as in the book of Daniel. And you have all these different things you, you see here that these, these men were born along. It comes from the same Greek word that the Apostle Paul used. Or should I say Luke used when he's describing the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts when he was on a ship. He was about to be shipwrecked, actually. <laughs> and he was on this ship, and the Bible says he was driven by the wind. He was moved by the wind. That's the same term, the exact same term that this is as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So in other words, what was going on here is that these men were writing words that God was actually controlling. In many cases, these men knew exactly what was going on there. And they would be writing something and they would say, thus saith the Lord. There were times when the Lord actually dictated to him, write this down and put this down. So the, 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 the means of divine inspiration was that God used that. And you say, well, I don't quite understand all that. You know, you can go to, <laughs> you can study this and study this and study this. And, and what will happen is it will build your faith stronger and stronger and stronger. But in, in a message of about 30 minutes, there's no way we're going to get into all the different details of it. But all through the word of God, you're going to see that. You're going to see the prophets are going along and <laughs> they're going along like Jeremiah and, and even Isaiah is saying, no, I'm a man of unclean lips. I can't. And, and God says, I'm going to take you and I'm going to use you to talk to these people. And he pulled them out and he used him. Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, God wants to use you. If I can give you a quick exhortation right now, folks, you and I have been placed in this place for this time for a purpose. We're not here to discover what we want to do. We're not here to, 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 to just kind of put in the time here in life. No, God loved you. He knew you before you were even born. In fact, because you were born, you have a purpose. God never just does things. You were a product of evolution. You weren't an accident. God knew you before you were even formed. And, and he has a purpose for you that will last for eternity. How do you know that? Well, if you view nature, it won't tell you that. It tells you how awesome God is, but it doesn't tell you that, that you're actually an object of his love. The Bible tells you that. So what's the purpose of the Bible? The purpose of the Bible is revelation. Revelation. I think in your notes there, you'll probably have a blank space there, and the, the term should be reveal or revelation. The purpose of the Bible is to reveal God to you. I remember in high school, we had a class. Um, the, the teacher was... was um, it's an English class, and, and it wasn't a Christian school. And um, the, the, uh, here I was, a, a believer in Christ, and, and my, my dad was a preacher, and, and I'm, I'm in high school. And the teacher said, we're going to go and look at the beautiful poetry in the book of Psalms. We're going to pick out some Psalms and look at the wonderful poetry. And I looked at that, and <laughs> you know, so I, I, I studied it, and I would basically, when I gave the I would preach. <laughs> 
and I would tell them what that actual psalm means, how it pointed out to, 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 to your purpose in life and how Jesus Christ, the Messiah, was going to come. And this is what that psalm means. They go, oh, the world didn't get it. When you look at the Bible as poetry, you totally miss the point. Now, the Bible is the inspired word of God, and it came with a purpose. And when you read the word of God, you read it prayerfully and you say, Lord, open up my eyes and I may see the glorious truths that you have for me today. Don't read the word of God without expecting God to do a work in your life. Otherwise, you're wasting your time because the word of God is there for a purpose and to reveal God to you. And he's an awesome God. The divine act. Oh, the word revelation is the divine act of communicating to a person or persons what otherwise could not be known. So expect to see in the Bible things that are going to just absolutely cause you to look at things you've never, ever considered before. The Apostle Paul said to the Corinthians, he says, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of a person the things that God has planned for you, but he's, he showed those to you by his Spirit. And then later on, he says, the reason why you can't accept these things is because you're living fleshly lives, carnal lives. You're approaching God's word as if it's an opinion instead of truth. It's very important to understand that as God communicates to you, biblical revelation is God communicating those truths that you otherwise would never have known. While I was preparing for this message, I began to think about what if I didn't have the Bible? What would I know about God? And I came out with nothing. <laughs> I would know that, there was a, that there's something out there. There's a divine designer somewhere. That there's, a, as, 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 as one, um, one group calls it, the divine architect. But no, I would never know that he was a holy God that had a plan for my life. I would never known that I was created in the image of God to express God's will. I, I would never have known that I was created for God's pleasure and God gets pleasure from my company. In fact, he created the, all of heaven. I think we sang a song about it today. Only so we could dwell with him. That's the sort of thing. The Bible says that we need to meditate on the word of God. The world says meditation is empty your mind. Now, we have a lot of that. It's called amusement. Amusement means no thinking. But in meditation on God's word, you take it and you roll it around and you consider it. You, as he says, compare scripture with scripture. And you build it upon in your life. And, and, and that's what Peter's, uh, Paul's telling Timothy. You're going to need the inspired word of God. The word revelation comes from a word that um, uh, is a Greek word that sounds very familiar when you say it in English. It's apocalypse. And we talk about apocalypse. They make movies about apocalypse. It's always a bad thing, isn't it? It's always the wrath. It's the revealing. Apocalypse is a revealing and the word revelation means to reveal, to make something exposed, to manifest it, to reveal it. So God's word reveals God to us. So Peter says, 
um, Peter says that holy men of God didn't make this up. It wasn't from their private interpretation. God moved them along. Many times they would put down their pen or their whatever they were writing with and they would say, what did I just write? <laughs> what was that all about? They would come out in praise and glory. You, you read some of these saints uh, where, where they, they come out and they, and they just praise the Lord for what, what they're, they're writing here. So what does he reveal? He reveals his person, his attributes, his immutability. It was said this morning, it was said that, that God never changes. How do we know that? The Bible tells us that. And then we learn it from experience. Boy, aren't you glad about that? Also, we learn also about God's plan for our life in creation. I'm not sure is it next week or the next couple of weeks the young people on Friday night are going to have the creation people come and they're going to tell them not just when you look around nature and you say it's an accident, they're going to show us that that's actually God's plan for your life. You know what they're going to do? They're going to turn to the book of Genesis. They're going to pull out some scientific evidence and show how it supports it. It reveals the plan of God for creation, but also, and this is what makes it unique, and this is why we need it, it reveals the plan of salvation for you. And this is where Paul tells Timothy. I wonder if you've noticed that when we read it. Look at verse 15 again in in 2 Timothy chapter 3. In verse 15, he says that from a childhood, he said, from a time you went to kids' church, a little plug there for kids' church, you have known the Holy Scriptures. Now, what's so significant about that? Paul continues, which are able to make you wise for salvation. It wasn't the stories that your mom told you, Timothy. It wasn't the, the history of, uh, that, that your grandmother told you, that, that you come from a long line of this or that and the other, that they gave you salvation or security with and your relationship with God. He says it's when the, you were exposed to the Holy Scriptures. And I'm going to tell you something here, that the Holy Scriptures that he was talking about was the Old Testament. You take the time and do the research, and you're going to find Jesus Christ all through the Old Testament. And then he says here that this, that this will make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So he says here that the purpose is to reveal God. You know, if, you, if you've got a Bible sitting on your, your table, you, you certainly don't want to let that collect dust, do you? Because right there you've got, you've got something that, that will actually reveal the one and true God you make you wise to salvation in Romans 16 we're going to close with this but not right at this moment we're going to close with it but but um, I'm going to introduce this to you and then we'll close with this as a doxology but but Romans 16 the apostle Paul's writing about this and he says now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the and he uses that word apocalypse the revelation of the mystery, he says, which was kept secret since the world began, but now has been made manifest. There's that term again, made manifest, apocalypse. And by the prophetic scriptures has been made known to all nations. The Apostle Paul is saying this, he's saying, before God's will, God's plan was hidden. It was a mystery. But now we see it in Jesus Christ. He says that in the epistles. He points it right out there. The mystery of Christ 
Christ dwelling within you, the hope of glory. He said, you know, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. All through the, the, the Bible, he calls it Christ in you. But then in this place, he says that was made possible because of the scriptures. We've learned that. And so he says here that from a childhood you have been known by the whole, you have known the holy scriptures, which are made you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Parents, let me encourage you to teach your children the word of God. Put the Bible in their hearts and their minds. Last week we saw a, a beautiful little child um, with, with, with a very prophetic name um, being um, 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 dedicated. And what we actually did is we dedicated the parents to say that they would teach that child the word of God. From a childhood, he learned the secret of life, eternal life. So why is this so very important? Well, you know, the world says that, that I can find God um, through, through nature. Um, many people say I can find God because of, of some, some persons come out and these claims that have had some, some tablets that came down and found in New York somewhere and they, they came down there and through some special spectacles, you know, um, we, 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 we learn a, a, a new word of God for us. Cult groups are always coming up here and there. In fact, it happened in the, in the New Testament when the Galatians were, were being threatened by another Jesus, another gospel. And that's exactly what's happening at the perilous times. But why is God's revelation in Scripture so important? Why is it that people have died for this book so that you and I can have it? And that's exactly true. If you, you read through the history, even in England there, they have places there were in England where they were burnt at the stake. And you look up and you can see Buckingham Palace right down there. They were doing this. And we've got God's word. Why is it that people would do that? Why is it that, they, that God has preserved his word for us? Because it's his word that will lead us to salvation. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. But what about nature? What about when we look at these beautiful mountains? It was uh, talking about the Sterling Ranges today. And we look at some of you traveled in places in the world where, where you go, that is awesome. You'll say awesome. And we often use that term. That was usually only we only um, declared God was awesome. But now we say that his creation is awesome. And we, we, these are the sort of things. Well, you know, when mankind looks at that in, in an unregenerate heart, they will stop right there. And they will begin to worship the creation instead of the creator. The Apostle Paul talked about that. He answered that question. What about people without the written word of God? What do they do? When in, in Romans chapter number one, I'll just briefly go over this. It's not in your notes, but I think I put the scripture there for you to look at later. But in verse number 18, he says the wrath of God is revealed. In other words, God's righteous judgment against sin is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Well, how in the world can they suppress the truth in unrighteousness if no one's ever told them? Well, he continues. He says, because that may be known of God is manifest. It's revealed in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen 
being understood by the things which are made, creation, even his eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. What's Paul saying here? Paul is saying here that when you look at creation, you must recognize that someone greater than that created that. When you look at the, the structures of, of, of the atom and you look at all these different things, that I'm way out of my, my pay league here, and you, you look at all that and you say, there must be purpose to this. In Colossians, the Apostle Paul, in the written word of God, tells us that Jesus Christ is the creator and he created all things for his purposes. He created all things and he holds all things together for his glory. So when you look at that and you stop there, like Paul says here, what are you going to do with that? He says, well, what they do is they clearly see the majesty of God. But because they did not know that all those verse 21, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. That's the problem. They didn't glorify him as God. Remember the Christian worldview? Christian, as you read the news, as you go through all the different things that, that filter, all the different voices that you're going to be hearing this week and you've been hearing over the last few years, all the different attitudes, all the different news reports, all the different philosophies, all the different scientific remarks, everything that comes down, filter through the Word of God. Because remember, God is, God is self-existent. He, he, he doesn't react to the circumstances of the planet. He is sovereign. And God chooses to reveal to us. And so, right here in the book of Romans, these people didn't recognize that. So what did they do? Well, they began to worship. If you keep reading it, we're not going to take the time. He said they became futile in their thoughts. They became foolish in their hearts. And even the things that they professed to be wise were actually very foolish things that they came out with. So what did God do? Well, the Bible says that God gave them over. He gives them up to uncleanness in verses 24 to 32. He gives them up to vile passions. He lets them live the way they want to live. Because here's what creation does. Creation shows you the majesty of God which will make you vulnerable or should I say condemned before God but it never gives you a plan of salvation to bring you into relationship with God and so he gives them over to a debased mind that's why the Bible is so very very important and the apostle Paul told Timothy and I'm telling you as a pastor here get into the word of God for we live in perilous times. And the word of God will give you that strength and that hope and that confidence that you're going to need. You see, when you, without the word of God, people are left in their sin. They're left with a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. General revelation, which is what we talk about nature and everybody's testimony, you go... <laughs> Don't do this, but if you go and you and you and you and you you go and, and you Google, um, so everybody has an opinion about God, and they, they they form groups around it. But general revelation is insufficient to save, but it is sufficient to condemn. 
but it's insufficient to save. So Romans 2, 5, Paul says this, with all this thing, without the word of God, but in accordance, he says, with your hardness and your impotent heart, you are in fact treasuring up for yourselves wrath in the day of wrath and the revelation of the righteous judgment of God. In another place, he says, appointed unto man once to die, but after that, the judgment. Nature doesn't tell you that. See, the world doesn't, we, we have, we have um, um, seasons, winter, summer, spring, we have seasons, but the world is not secular. The world had a beginning, and the world will have an end. How do we know that? The Bible tells us that. So let's make some application here. As we close here, let's make some application. Number one is the Bible, or this is the application. The Bible then becomes profitable. And that's what Paul told Timothy. You see, the Bible answers those eternal questions about your, your origin and your purpose. You were born with a purpose. If, if you were born here today, and I'm looking around, most of you were born, all of you were born, you were born for a purpose. And you will live for eternity somewhere. And so God gives you that plan. And look what he says in verse number 16. I'm back in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, which is our key passage for today. And he says in verse number 16, he says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. The source was God. Okay, got that? So what are you going to do with that? It says here, it's profitable. Well, of course it is. Of course it's going to be profitable because it comes from a God who never makes a mistake. He comes from a God who is self-existent. And he says here, he says, he says, it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. It's the only book that can actually tell us who we are and tell us what God wants for us. It's, it's, um, he, he says here, he says it's, it's, it's profitable for, for, um, for teaching, and for doctrine, for telling us what we're to actually believe about God. It also reproves us. It reprimands us, gives us admonitions. It corrects us. It, it guides us in a different way. God uses preachers and God uses people, but preachers and people apart from the word of God is just sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. You've got to have the word. And then also, it's for instruction in right living. And so what's the result of that? Well, you're equipped for every good work. Timothy, you've got what it takes. It's not because you're special. It's, because, it's not because you're clever. It's because you've got the inspired word of God. When you go out of this place today and you open up your Bible and you read it, God is talking to you. And he's giving you a, a, a word that you can get from nowhere else. And we can go into, we don't have the time today, we can go into illumination. We talk about how the, the Holy Spirit uh, 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 creates that conviction for you but let's close with a couple verses here in psalm 119 which is the longest psalm in the bible and it's all by the way the subject is the word of god he says here how can the young man cleanse his way young people how can you cleanse your way david says here by taking heed according to your word see it's profitable with my whole heart he says i have sought you 
Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's not just academically. It's now part of my life. It's in my heart. How can that do that? I'll close here in just a moment with a verse. I'll tell you how to do that. In Romans 15, in verse number four, he says, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. There's a lot of fear, a lot of lack of confidence going on here, but you're not getting it from God's word. You're getting confidence from God's word. And then Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13 kind of tells you how it does it. He says, for the word of God is living and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of your soul and your spirit and of the joints and the marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Why is that so important? Because there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. The word of God. That's what you've got. So today's Bible term is inspiration. The book that you got is be men and women of the book because it's the book that builds your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the, can you help me with that? The word of God. Let's close with, with the Apostle Paul's doxology, as I call it here. Uh, doxology is a, is a statement of praise. And he, and he concludes the book of Romans with this. And he says in Romans 16, verses 25 to 27, he says, now to him, who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now has been made manifest. And by the prophetic scriptures has been made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God. What purpose? For obedience to the faith. What's the result? To God alone, wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. And his people said, Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you loved us so much that you didn't lead, leave us in our imaginations because our hearts are deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. We needed a more sure word of prophecy. We needed the word of God. And we thank you, Lord, that it shows us the creation, it shows us, Lord, the uh, history and your providence and how, how your hand's been working in the nations up to this very moment. And Lord, we can interpret, interpret the, the world events through the lens of God's word and that gives us confidence knowing because it's your word that says that you're coming back again. That you've gone to prepare a place for us and you're coming back again for your people. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ who gave his life, who died, was buried, and rose again, as Paul said, according to the scriptures. And I pray, Lord, if there's somebody here today or somebody who's listening to this later on who doesn't know you as their Savior, may they know that that Bible was written for them. And may they know that they can accept Jesus Christ as Savior and as Paul said to Timothy, they can grow in confidence because the Bible sets out to do a work in their life. Bless us, we pray, as we sing this final song in Jesus' name.
Amen.